0: to Episode 5 of the Facts and Blog and Podcast. My name is Dustin Wallace, and today uh, we have a jam-packed show for you. We have lots of stuff we want to cover, including our blog article for this week with our sales support associate, John Farner. He's going to talk about cigars and guns, so you don't want to miss that. Also, I just want to remind you that we are still in the process of doing our giveaway with Gun Stuff TV. You will receive one of our slides and barrels for G19. Uh, this is going to be our hellfire slide with one of our tin flame fluted barrels out of the box it's going to have everything you need to go ahead and swap this onto your frame so if you want to sign up for that make sure you join our mailing list and we'll put a link directly to the giveaway in the description of this video also later on we are going to hear about our new muslock device now for those of you who already know muslock you may know that it is a proprietary piece uh, that uh, our very own bob Faxon engineered and it allows you to be able to have a threaded muzzle device that doesn't take a crush washer it's easily changeable and uh, frankly they're, they're super cool looking too this is our new flash hider version that we're going to be demonstrating today and also we have been promoting our guardian purchase program so if you are active duty retired honorably discharged uh, in the military or a law enforcement officer, or you're a first responder, uh, we want to make sure that you get our best pricing all year long. So we're going to tag on our tutorial video to the end of the episode today, and also give you the link to go ahead and get signed up and enjoy our best pricing all year long. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into this week's show. All right. Well, it's my pleasure to have our very own Bob Faxon with me. And uh, this next piece we're going to talk about is uh, something that's kind of its its whole own family. Uh, Bob, from from right from your head and heart, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The Muslock device. Uh, could you tell us just about Muslock and how you came up with the idea and kind of what you were hoping to to accomplish with it? Uh, yeah, that's that's a easy
1: story because. Uh you know, when you think about things that get invented, you think, well, how, how did they get thought of? Why did that come around? Well, some could be really great stories like high intellectual thought. Yeah. Huge engineering degrees with a lot of letters behind them. This is not that story. <laughs> this is not that story at all. As a matter of fact, this is something where I was in here on a Saturday years ago in the beginning of the company. And it was a wooden bench in the side of the room upstairs now, the shipping area. And, and that's really what we had is… <laughs> That was really the heart and core effects and firearms at the time. Yeah. And I, and the ARAC was the major product. So the ARAC 21 was the gun to have. That was our big flagship in the very beginning. And and I would go in and test and shoot on Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays. I mean, it was just constant testing, shooting, breaking, fixing. And I was in there putting an ARAC together and we used a muzzle device, which was a break, I think, at the time that we had made in trays. Many, 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 hundreds of them. Well, when you machine these things and you have threads and you have slots and the orientation can be almost identical from part to part. Yeah. So the original ones we made used the standard crush washer, like, like most do. Right. And so I'm upstairs on a Saturday, about three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm putting together a gun. I'm heading to the range to test. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a very painful day. (laughs) And, uh, so I'm putting this thing together. I want to go test this gun. And I went to tighten the, uh, crush washer and the muzzle device on the front of the barrel. And, uh. It was like right past that 12 o'clock. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, you know, I said, you know, am I going to get it all the way around? And then you just take it off and then you crush the thing and you can't get the washer off. I said, ah, no problem. I have 200 of these things here. Mm-hmm. I've got trays. Yeah. Grab another one. Well, you know, since I've been machining since I was 13 years old, I should know that these threads are pretty much oriented the same. Yeah. And after about the 10th one I picked up that all clocked at one o'clock with a crush washer, I thought, wow, that's not really cool. But uh, that's what I have. So let's wrench it on. So I have my brand new cherished rack upper. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is my gun. I'm putting this together to test. Cherished gun. And I've got it in the vice really well. Nylon. I'm, I'm doing it right, <laughs> right. Right. They say I don't, they say I never do anything right, which probably mostly true, but I was this day. Yeah. So I've got this up there. I'm excited. I'm putting it together and I go to put this thing around and I get around about, yeah, from one o'clock to about 10, 30, 11 in the timing. And I'm missing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the I promise not to say bad words. So when I got close to where I needed to be, the entire upper popped out of the vice and headed straight for the ground. So I thought, you know, that is never going to be happened to me again. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't say it.
2: All right? I put my own beep
1: in. Well, that's good. But here's the deal, man. I, I looked at that and I said, we've had customers where they would complain when a crush washer would get stuck in the thread relief because there's sure. always a group behind the threads. just what needs to be in every barrel has them. So we looked at it and I said, um, you know, the idea of putting a piece of material in that's disposable, consumable, that you need to replace, and especially with some kind of direct thread suppressors, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to have to put a muzzle device on with a vice and it doesn't have to make a lot of sense to put it on with a crush washer. You might not even be able to get off once right. it flattens out, it reduces diameter on the thread, really. So ultimately, I, I think there was a good fundamental reason to make the muzzle lock. But the the funny story is I, I I dropped a brand new gun and got pissed. Yeah. So, and.
0: It, it, it's a solution to the problem.
1: Yeah. And it was my problem that day, let me tell you. <laughs> and it was a big one. I was, I was not happy. But anyway, so, I mean, obviously, you know how this works, but just for the camera, I think it's kind of cool. You just use any standard, I think it's a half 28 thread and you put your muzzle device on. And because you need to time them. And, and if you go in the field of the direct thread suppressor, which I have some of those too. It's a lot easier to take this on/off the muslock in the field than it is to try to use a vice and a crush washer. So, I don't shoot 100% when I go to shoot a shell. So, I don't always shoot with a suppressor. I'll take it on, take it off, do whatever. Okay. And I need I do that in the field. Mm -hmm. And with the muslock, it makes it feasible to do that. So, a lot of times, like for example, when I shoot indoors, I don't like using a three stage break Mm -hmm. because it's to me. I think we should have named our our three stage break the rude break you know, or the bad neighbor, Mm -hmm. because when you're shooting next to people, I have to offer to let them shoot free ammo to make them happy again. (laughs) I've literally, I do use a break inside sometimes a full auto and I've, I've shot when people had targets up against it. I've actually had their targets cut in half, you know, rip (laughs) and they look over at you at this really great smile and it's, it's kind of a not-I-like-you smile. right. So he said, would you like to shoot a full auto? <laughs> <laughs> because if I don't make you happy before you leave, the range is not going to like me being Yeah, here a little bit of a peace offer So he's like, uh, here's a few mags. Have some fun. Yeah. And then he's ripping the other guy's target, and then he gets to shoot, and we're all happy. So both sides get taken care of. Mm. But uh, anyway, when you want to go inside and use a three-stage break, it can be a little bit rude. So putting a flash hider on is really not an abnormal task. The other thing is for people who really care about accuracy, I think— we spend a lot of time here, in firearms, to put crowns on the front of barrels and polish them and make them nice. Yet, there does tend to be a fair amount of carbon buildup. And if you're not comfortable to take a muzzle device off, you really don't ever get to clean that. Right. So, yeah. you know, does it make a difference? I'm not going to put a graph up here and say it does or doesn't. But I think most people care about details if they're going to do accuracy shooting or right. if they're going to put something on and off. I think easy access to take this off, clean the, clean the, uh, the face of the barrel there, the crown is fine. So anyway, you, you basically take this and you screw it on until you find it coming to a um, to a stop when the the uh, threaded portion, the, the, the integral barrel nut, the integral jam nut. I'm sorry, the integral jam nut. When it's all the way up up against the uh, muzzle device, you just bring it down to it touches. And by the way, just so people know, because I'm the guy that doesn't know this till the last minute, and somebody calls me an idiot. This is a left handed thread on the integral muzzle or the integral jam nut. So gotcha. keep that in mind. <laughs> um, Anyway, so I, I have an older brother that teases me, so I, I, I'm, an, I'm an abused child, so <laughs> you know, I have to tell <laughs> gotta, other people. you got
0: to lay it out. Yeah, yeah. Let I, people know how to interact yeah, and take.
1: You know, I, I, I'm not the most mechanical person, to be quite honest with you. So I need these advantages I'm <laughs> sharing with other people. You're probably all smarter than me. Anyway, you put this on, you time it out, you back it up, you put it where you want it, and then you use this and you can adjust it. And then you actually, when you time this, you want the muzzle to be in contact with the integral jam nut prior to where you want it to be. It's probably about five to 10 degrees, depending on how how tight people get it. But if you set it a little bit prior and then you tighten it down, it'll put the proper pressure. I think there's a designated foot pounds, but I just tighten them over the wrench. And that way, you have the proper orientation of the muzzle device and it keeps the minimum gap so that you don't see it in there. Because if you look at this, and again, we're talking a lot about a silly thing here, muzzle device,
0: right? What's no, on? I mean, I, I, you're, you're talking about something that meets a need, and that's something that even though you know I helped put the catalog and everything together, I guess I didn't Good even catalog. think. Good catalog. Thank, cal- you, thank hey, you very. <laughs> finally, I got a catalog. <laughs> thank <laughs> you, I love you for it. that. But like, I didn't even think about the cleaning. You know what I mean? The, the cleaning aspect. That's why you invited of it, me here? That's if exactly you knew everything, why. I wouldn't have to sit here. Otherwise, I'd be like, look at this dude. You could put a cardboard cutout, and I could sit here like that. <laughs> and you there's,
1: could, a, there's you amazing do all things the we
0: could do with green screen.
2: You could Don't. do all the talking. Don't.
1: Don't threaten me like that because <laughs> you make me nervous. As a matter of fact, I'm not so sure I want to be on this video. <laughs> Who knows what I'm going to have ears or something. Exactly. There's cell phones today? Yes. Yeah, they make you look like anything. That's right. It's terrible.
0: I promise not to edit anything into this segment.
1: Well, with all the power these cell phones, have, they make me look like an alpha dwarf or something else. I'm like, damn, put my hair back on. <laughs> I mean, if you got all this capability, put some hair on and take 10 pounds <laughs> off. Do I mean, something edit, helpful. right? Anyway, so left-handed thread, integral jam nut. It's really cool. Here's a couple things. So a nerd talk. Okay. I always like a little bit of nerd talk because we're supposed to be technical and do that's good That's right. Things. Indubitably. These products are actually really well engineered and they're meant for really strong purpose and application. The important thing about this, if you look inside this thread, the thread purchase of the actual muzzle device onto the barrel is almost as much or equal to that of a crush washer. And the reason that's important is if you put a jam nut or something that is independent of this, you start spacing the muzzle device out. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we want, again, you want good, solid engineering. You want things to be solid, tight, practical, logical. And and, and it really is because with the integral jam nut, if you look at the back of it, it's very, very thin on the back portion. That's that's intentional. That's very similar to a jam nut. So the purchase of the thread-to-thread interface of the muzzle device to the barrel is as good as if you put it on with a crush washer. So I don't think, honestly, you know, when you talk about guns, I don't think one thing— well, you need a hole in the barrel. That's really important. The bullet won't come out. But when you, when you talk about guns <laughs> and you talk about performance, I love the discussion because there's passions about different things. So sure. what's important, I think, and when we come up with a, a whole line of products or we're dealing with barrels and, and, and complete firearms, what really matters, and I, th- I think, just my opinion, when, when you take a firearm and you put it together, it's an eclectic group of very small but significant issues. Mm-hmm. That, that's what makes a good gun. I don't think you can take a gun and say, wow, I put a perfect barrel. I put, I put a great barrel in a gun. It's great, but great gun. It's not. It's not a great gun. It takes all the pieces to be great. And when you say what a barrel is good, or if you say what an upper or a bolt carrier or a muzzle device, every piece is important to the system. Right. Right. You can have an F1 car out of the race because the air air gun locked up mm-hmm. right all the budget one air gun can take you out of the race so when you look at the firearm as a whole to me our challenge our responsibility is to look at all the details so as much time as we spend on this nerdy little thing yeah, yeah, it is a component of a system right right and and i've said this a hundred times and i think it's a real serious issue to cover when we design build or make things we i uh I, I can tell you for myself, and I think as a company, we all push the fact that we look for consumer experience mm-hmm. and the user experience is what it's all about. So take this stupid little thing that we spent all this time on and say, what's it like when you're in the field and you get a crush washer st- stuck on the end of a barrel and you want to put your suppressor on, you want to do something and this, this won't slide off anymore. Or does it keep you from being able to maintenance your gun like you want or to change so that when you're indoors, you can use a flash hide or outdoors use a brake. Does it change so that you can put a, direct mount suppressor on and off in the field. Those are the moments when you bought our product or a product, anybody's product, you go, that was good. I like it. I have a positive experience. I feel good. Or you frustrated, upset, or you say, why did they do that? That's stupid, right? Right. How many people said that? So when we look at things, believe it or not, maybe this is a good example of the detail that has to be considered to put a good firearm in somebody's hands. Right. And and people brag about things in some cases that I think are so insignificant or superficial, but what's important is I, I don't care that positive things get done to guns or that you have a color, a paint, a feature, or a detail that's preferable. I think that's great. But you have to have a core, solid core. The, 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 the design of every component from our bolt carriers, mm-hmm. especially, I think, the difference is, say, the 9 millimeters. But the details that go into every component and in the, the long hours of nerd talk to create an individual product that right. eclectically goes into a firearm is eventually the user experience. Right. So I maybe this is symbolic because I could sit here and we can have nerd talk over probably every single piece yeah. that's in every single gun we make. For sure. And we could talk about why this radius is there. Yeah. Why this chamfer is there, why this coating Less material. So, and, and I always joke, I said you know, it gets into nerd talk, I guess. So, and some people care, some people don't.
0: Well, and this is a bit of a tease, too, because we are finishing up production on this new design of the the Flash Hider. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, traditionally, we had the uh, the three-prong. Obviously, we had the three-port brake as well, which those are going on the A-Rack, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, which is a, a great thing, and, and folks really love seeing that it shot. So this is a little teaser. These will be available for you soon uh, in this new uh, Flash Hider design, which I also think it looks like it could shoot tiny little fireballs out of here. This thing, I I think the design of this is awesome it's not fireballs
1: it's high-powered laser but it's a small detail sharks with laser beams on their foreheads yeah Yeah. you know it's it's new stuff can't talk (laughs) about it but you know you brought this out as this is a new design one of the things that we've seen in the past is we've had what i think is a great feature Mm -hmm. but we've been a little deficit in the actual product right we got so excited about this interface and this technical aspect that we didn't as a company have a desirable enough line of designs for the effect itself sure so i think always work on the core first Mm -hmm. and then put the preferential aspects of brakes and flash hiders in second. So I think we're building on a good platform. I think the user will like it. I think it's a great experience. So
0: fantastic. Bob, thank you so much for taking some time for us. And uh, you know where we are. So we'll have you again. I I think I know where you're at. (laughs) If, If I'm allowed so, I am excited to have uh, John back on the show. John is our uh, sales support administrator, director, something associate, associate. I believe. Associate is right, Associated Press. <laughs> and he uh, has had this topic in mind for a while, but gosh, we've been fighting. Illness, not coronavirus. Not coronavirus. Uh, we've God. been fighting illness. We've been fighting schedule. And so this has been in the hopper for a couple of weeks. And uh, John wrote an article that's going to be on the blog part of this show uh, this week about cigars and uh, cigars and guns and how those communities kind of mingle and some similarities that they share. So you can check that out at factsandfirearms.com slash blog. But before we get into that, uh, John, you and Evan – um went up to ann arbor this weekend and uh did a range day ann arbor arms so could you tell us a little bit about that how that went down
2: uh, it went real well. uh we went up to ann arbor arms uh brought the whole firearms lineup with us we learned a lot uh it's our first kind of big range day with uh, a range uh we brought a machine gun and we put six thousand rounds through it wow I mean, the thing ran red hot. We uh, had to swap uppers every once in a while, but it was a good event. Everybody had fun. Uh, really got the name out for us up there. Uh, big thing is, guys, if you want your local uh, retailers to carry us, go in and talk to them. That's yeah. the, Be our biggest. You guys are our biggest component or our biggest fans. And uh, if you push it, they will pick us up. And that's what happened with Ann Arbor. Uh, you know, their, their customers pushed it and. We came in and everybody was super happy, super excited to see us. We had a great time, met a lot of great people, uh, met a good guy from Cincinnati, brought up Skyline Chili. So <laughs> we had a good conversation about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a good time uh, to everybody who showed up. Thanks for showing up. We uh, enjoyed talking to you. Uh hope everybody got some swag and stuff like that. And, you know. I, it couldn't have gone any better, really.
0: And, you know, for those of you who, you know, are dealers, are retailers, and, and you're looking to have something like that uh, come to your place, there are ways that we can make that happen. And uh, either John or Evan or Pat uh, could get you that information. So if you're interested in having us come up for Range Day, uh, bringing all kinds of stuff the display table, the guns, the ammo, I mean, tons of stuff, uh, we could help make that happen. So thank you, Ann Arbor Arms. Uh, we hope to be back up there again soon. And, and, uh, we're so glad that you enjoyed it. John, let's talk a little about cigars. Now yeah. we are inside, we are in a workplace. We're not going to fire anything up. Okay. No, but, yeah. but, uh, what makes you feel like the cigar community and the firearms community cross paths?
2: Uh, there's a lot of two way guys in the cigar community. Um, in my article you'll read that uh, there's a local I used to work at a local range up in uh, Columbus and there's a shop up there and uh, I always worried about as we talked about in the first podcast you know wearing firearm stuff so I had a, a jacket on with the company logo and I walked in there and somebody said something and I made like 20 friends that day mm-hmm. it was a good time and um, There's a lot of similarities between the cigar industry and the firearms industry. The cigar industry is very regulated, very, very regulated to the point where you have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a new blend of tobacco out Mm -hmm. just for a cigar. And that's insane. So that's why a lot of these smaller companies just come out with a blend that is already on the market, but just put their own little twist on it, not changing it much. And, uh, you know, we just had a bill come through that made cigar sales online almost illegal. And it's not, it's still in the house. Um, and they're putting a premium on cigars too, like a premium cigar is now considered $12 and that'll go up from there. And it's kind of, it's kind of put the cigar community in a roar and it, it kind of similarity to the firearms industry where something as simple as a stroke of a pen can put us out of business or sure. do something crazy. So, uh, The guys over there, we, you know, I'm in a cigar group as well on uh, Instagram. Uh, Shout out to those guys who are watching. They're really big fans of Vaxxin and they love Mm us. Um, But, uh, you know, we talk and it's crazy how similar the two industries are and how they cross paths a lot. So uh, I brought some stuff with me. Yeah, go for it. Let's take a look. So first off, everybody knows this. Everybody knows the hard plastic pelting case. Yeah. Well, this is actually a humidor. I'll it's a around. travel humidor. Uh, I brought some uh, different brands. So just like the firearms industry, cigar industry has a ton of different companies, small companies, big companies, um, and a lot of different price points. So for example, we'll start with this one. This is a a dollar, two dollar cigar. This is a what you would call a bundle cigar. Um, a cigar. And that's a bundle cigar. So that's a new Cuba. Um, it's supposed to mimic a Cuban cigar. But for two bucks. <laughs> so they're not bad. <laughs> New
0: Cuba, Nicaragua. Correct. Was, was, uh, I yes.
2: <laughs> so Nicaraguan cigars have taken off in the last couple of years. Um, your main cigar com- uh, com- countries you see is Brazil, Nicaragua, a lot of the, uh, Southern South America and then the Caribbean, like the Dominican, the, everybody knows about the Dominican cigars. Um, speaking of which is like this one here, this is a premium cigar from the Dominican. Uh, I actually had to go there to pick this up. You, They are almost impossible to get in the States. John, were
0: you allowed to bring it back?
2: Yes. Okay. All right. Before you incriminate yourself <laughs> uh, well, online, let's make, <laughs> let's make sure that that's good. No, the best part is when you go to, out of the country, you are allowed to bring up to 100 cigars back. Oh. So I brought wow. back uh 75. Uh, nice. <laughs> so... Uh, but so that's this one, you know, your general and then you've got your Vegas Gold. These run about eight dollars. Um, this one right here will run you about twenty dollars. This one I got in a pack on a good deal. So, I mean, 20 bucks is a lot to smoke at once. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the best part about cigars is it's not like a cigarette. You Cigarettes go real quick and they're bad for you. I'm looking at certain people behind the camera, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's just laughing and smiling, but uh, the cigars, you know, they're, they're great. You know, you don't, you're not supposed to inhale them, but you kind of get the flavor. It's more of a, an experience.
0: Yeah, um, It's kind of a, kind of a conversation. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, cigars are, are kind of, they're associated with celebration, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, like the the old school, like you know, new dad in the hospital handing out cigars, you know, nineteen fifties style. You got the whole Mad Men scene. <laughs> you got, but my little brother works for a cigar shop, and I know at his shop a lot of it is just about the camaraderie, the conversation, and then this becomes like the icebreaker. You know, like you enjoy it mm-hmm. for sure, but there's also just the the talk about it. The thing that I I think too is a similarity is cigars and firearms, there's also just long histories and long stories with them, right? So, I mean one of the things that always comes up when you meet, uh, you know, new folks in the firearms industry is like, how did you get into it? And they ultimately like end up talking about their childhood, you know, going shooting or going hunting or, you know, having family members that were in the armed services or, or what have you. So there's always like a, a backlog and it seems like there's a lot of that with the cigars too. It's like, Oh, you know, my dad or my grandpa, like he always smelled like cigars and I loved the smell. And I, you know, there's always, there seems to always be some sort of like personal history that, that goes along with it. Yeah.
2: And it's crazy. It's like, so the big thing is uh, the bands. Every cigar has a band. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that. And that's a big conversation starter. Hey, what are you smoking? Yeah. You know, and they can just tell by the band. Now, that being said, I personally take off the bands before I even light the cigar. And the reason why I've got a funny story behind it. I was in the Dominican mm-hmm. at this small shop and talking around. And there's this guy with this big hat on walks in and uh, we're talking and he goes, hey, every time I smoke a cigar, I rip the band off. And I go, why? He goes, the band is a status symbol. And when you get down to far, the band, the, the glue that holds the band on it starts to melt, and then it ruins the end of the cigar. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, the guy was the owner of Fuentes Cigars. Oh, really? So, yeah, I sat there and talked to the guy for a half hour, and it was a great conversation, just learning. just And that's the funny part. Just like the firearms industry, you could walk up and talk to somebody, and they could be the owner of the company, and you might not even know it, and they'll treat you like you're just another guy. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, big example that Bob Faxon at NRA and things like that, Talk to him. You won't, you may not know who he is, but he'll talk to you, talk your ear off, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's a good thing. Um, other big people that you might not know are into cigars. Uh, Brownells, The Brownells guys. No, I saw some
0: uh, something yeah. with the Brownells logo on so, it over here.
2: This one, this is a cigar cutter. Uh, this one I got from uh, Shacho. One of the Brownells guys gave it to me, and it's pretty awesome that they are willing to throw their name on something so simple. Mm-hmm. But it's. Uh, they're really big into it, and I actually had a conversation with uh, Keith over there about cigars for about an hour. And it just—it's mm-hmm. the you know the camaraderie, the the experience, the you know coming together as a community uh, to just sit there. I mean, you light up a cigar, you're there for half hour, forty five minutes. Yeah. So it's either sit there. And talk to yourself or
0: it's like a hourglass timer what's the other cutter you got over there so
2: i've got two cutters with me um so there's this one i actually like a lot so there's three ways to cut a cigar there's the flat cut that we're all used to there's the punch where you punch just punch a standard hole in the back and this has been newer to the industry it's a v-cut so it actually cuts a v-shape in the back of the cigar and it changes the flavor, in my opinion. It mm-hmm. kind of gets a different flavor. It smokes a little bit better. It comes through a little better. Um, it's funny. I didn't even realize how much it changed the flavor until I swapped back to a flat cut. And I was yeah. like, wow, this is a different flavor profile. Yeah. And just just like coffee, just like you know, anything. Cigars have a flavor profile um that is different. Each one's different. Sure. Um, and it's crazy how. Um, crazy how long a cigar takes to make. So, uh, for example, this one here, this is a bundle cigar like we talked about. This one will be aged for about six months.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Where this Don Lucas cigar here, this one was aged for five years. Yeah. So it's at in a humidor for five years to get its flavor. Um, and that's why it's got the darker color. Um, the darker the color, the longer they have been aged, the more different flavor. Um. The other thing is in the cigar industry, a lot of people know about Cuban cigars, right? Mm -hmm. That's the big thing. What people don't know is a lot of the cigars have Cuban tobacco in it. Yeah. It's because uh, regulation, same thing. You can't use a hundred percent. Like then the Dominican, they were telling me they can't use a hundred percent Dominican tobacco. They get their tobacco. It's, uh, if I remember correctly, it's 60% Dominican. uh, And then. 10 to 20 percent nicaraguan and then another 10 percent of you know cuban and from here and from there and kind of blend them together to get that flavor um and it's kind of kind of that great flavor profile that you're looking for um and the other thing is i haven't i'm a nerd um i just got into this um two years ago like i wanted a different hobby Mm-hmm. Uh guns are expensive, but they're fun. <laughs> but I wanted a different <laughs> hobby. complimentary hobby. Yes, yeah, they yeah. are a very good complimentary hobby. But uh I have a notebook where I take the the wrapper off, I tape it in that notebook and I write down na- flavor profiles and then if I smoke it again and see if it changed. Yeah. And see how things progress over the time. Um and then I brought a couple different lighters with me as well. Um so the way you light a cigar everybody will is different, but the The norm in the industry is you'll, you will burn the outside, roll around, kind of get a, get it started and then you'll light it and twist it and, uh, smoke it or light it as you twist it and take in, uh, in breaths. Um, so I've got this one here is a carbon fiber wrapped, uh, just a torch, standard torch lighter. Very easy. Unfortunately, when we went to Vegas, I was not allowed to take this with me Yeah, because it's not allowed on the plane. Um, We also have our guys over at IV-88 made a Zippo. Oh, that's cool. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So it's a cool little lighter, but it's a Zippo. So this is different. They both use different fuel. So this is that Zippo lighter fuel, and this is the the butane. Mm -hmm. Uh, Butane is the norm. Butane is the norm, unless you want to go really old school and everybody, it's oak matches. Little matches are the way to go. It it changes the flavor profile as well. It's simple. Something as simple as that changes the profile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I brought one more. Uh, I got this as a a funny gift. It is a. I'm gonna light it because see if I can get it to light.
0: It's like a powitzer.
2: Oh my gosh. god! Yeah, it's a drink. <coughs> <egg. laughs> Yeah.
0: Okay,
2: but so it's, there a, that is. <laughs> but that brings it kind of brings the the gun and cigar community together. It is yeah. a it's a replica of a nineteen nineteen machine gun, um, or a, I'm sorry, that's a Vickers machine gun, and uh, it is uh, it's a lighter, and it's kind of cool because I I lit it sitting there as a conversation piece. Yeah, but it it does what it's supposed to do. It's, it's hot. It's right. <laughs> but um, but it's crazy, you know you to me say how people got into it uh i got into it as a hobby uh a buddy of mine in college we would sit outside and smoke cigars um but the uh, the other thing is you know you go back and you think about all the movies you watch as a kid yeah like i was really big into uh now you know spaghetti westerns mm-hmm. my dad was big into them yeah so you watch it you know Clint Eastwood with the cigar inside of his mouth yeah you'll know, make my day yeah um So, John, you did mention that, you know, you started in college and
0: and some of your writing for the blog has been kind of centered around even some articles you did in college for research papers mm-hmm. and everything. So guys, if you're interested to see uh, kind of the parallels that John draws uh, between the firearms industry and the cigar industry, you definitely want to check out factsandfirearms.com uh, slash blog. And also while you're there, if you're interested in like this hoodie or this flag or this zip up sweatshirt or this mag- magic mug and a billion other things, visit factsandfirearms.com slash gear. John, thank for joining
2: us
0: we want to extend our deepest gratitude to military police first responders and more by saying thank you with special pricing and discounts on all facts and products here's how you get started first you'll head on over to our website FaxonFirearms.com. from there you'll want to click support and guardian purchase program in the drop-down Then you'll see the instructions on how to get started. So let's just walk through those. First, you'll want to register for an account on our website. If you've already bought something from us on our website before, then this part's already taken care of. Second, you'll want to send a copy of your credentials or some reasonable verification of affiliation to customer service at factsandfirearms.com. We get a lot of emails where people are like, hey, will this count? Will this ID count? Will this VA card count? Chances are, yes, a lot of them will count, but make sure you attach an image or a copy of that verification to the email before you even ask customer service. That way they can expedite the process for you. As soon as the account has been created or updated, we will send you an email letting you know that you're ready to go. The discount will be available anytime online when you go to your shopping cart. If you have any more questions, please email customer service at factsandfirearms.com.